Well, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to today's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. All of our listeners in the United States, welcome once again and to all of our listeners in other countries. I'm just so honored to have you with us. Welcome to Marriage and Family Clinic, everyone, everywhere. In Southern Virginia, we're coming to you from WGPL 1350, WPCE 1400 on your AM dial, and WBXB 100.1 on your FM dial. You can also listen to the live stream at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. And if you would like to hear this broadcast, this episode, or any other in the Marriage and Family Clinic of programs, you can find the podcast by searching Bishop C.D. Hodges. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges on iTunes, uh, search it on Spotify, or on iHeartRadio. Yeah, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just search Bishop C.D. Hodges. You'll find Marriage and Family Clinic. Marriage and Family Clinic is a ministry that's here to help you break down and gain enlightenment into your relationship dynamics. I really hope to help you identify what makes you tick. And ultimately, we really want to give you knowledge and give you tools. We want to add to your base to help you repair and grow and even perfect your marriage and family relationships. So welcome aboard and let's get going. Well, we spent the last few weeks talking about divorce and uh, where the issue of divorce is concerned, divorce continues to rise, the numbers fluctuate. Uh, and, and I tell you, I know that we're right on time because the very first night that we talked about divorce, uh, immediately following the completion of the broadcast, someone texted me and, to and said that I was talking directly to them. So I know that we're in the right lane. Uh, but we, we're, we're going to be done with divorce. But there is something, there are a few points, two or three points that I really hope that you will hold on to regarding the subject of divorce. I really hope that you will hold on to these uh, two or three points here. Number one, divorce is a choice. Divorce is a choice. We don't get divorced because they lied or he committed adultery or she did this or he did this or that or the other. Divorce is a choice. We choose to divorce. Now, those things may influence us, but divorce is a choice. Never forget that. Divorce is a choice. Second thing I want you to hold on to is that we divorce because we don't have the tools that's required to love through. We're missing the tools that's required to love through any circumstance, any tragedy, any event, any occurrence, any hurt, any offense. We, we just don't have the tools to love through it. Even though we love each other, we don't have the tools to love through. So we choose to divorce, and we choose to divorce because we don't have the tools to love through. And number three, number three, even though divorce may be allowed, God allows divorce in very limited and restricted circumstances, but even though divorce may be allowed, Divorce is never mandatory. And there may be some things that take place that you just can't see it going on. There, even, there may be some things that take place that I can't even see continuing. But even though divorce is allowed, divorce is never mandatory. 
Why? Because God is always more interested in forgiveness and reconciliation. He is always more interested in forgiveness and reconciliation. Well, Bishop Hodges, you don't know the things that occurred. I don't need to know. What I do know is that where you and I concern are concerned, sin is so heinous, sin is so offensive to the holiness of God, sin against God is worse than anything we could ever do against each other. But God says, come now, let us reason together. He sent his only begotten son that if we would believe we could be forgiven of sin and be reconciled to him. So even in the case of sin, God was more interested in forgiveness and reconciliation than he was from divorce, raft, and destruction. So I want you to keep those in mind. I want you to keep those in mind. Now, uh, so that's it for divorce. We're going to leave the subject of divorce. I don't want to become morbid or anything like that. I hope that you've been encouraged. And, and again, if you ever have any questions or anything like that you'd like for me to address, just email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Email me and let me know. But tonight it's in my heart to follow up the subject of divorce uh, with the subject of boundaries. I want to follow up with some tidbits that will help us further insulate our marriages, further uh, continue to seal our marriages and divorce-proof our marriages even more. So tonight, I want to talk about the subject of boundaries, the subject of boundaries. Now, Merriam-Webster defines boundaries as something that shows where one area ends and another area begins, a river, a fence, a line, etc., etc. A boundary shows where one area ends and another area begins. A boundary is a point or a limit that indicates where two things are different. Uh, when my wife and I purchased our house, the, the officials came out and officially set the boundary. That boundary showed where my property ended and my neighbor's property began. Those are two different owners of property, my neighbor and I. Uh, uh, so we needed that boundary. So a boundary is a point or a limit that indicates where two things are different. Uh, a boundary is a limit that, uh, 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 how do I want to say this? Uh, a boundary is a limit that defines acceptable behavior. A boundary is a defined description of acceptable behavior. And that's crucial. That is critical to marriage. Some things are acceptable in marriage and some things are just unacceptable. Some behaviors are just unacceptable and to engage in those behaviors is to cross a boundary. A boundary illustrates the clear message that you have reached a point where it is no longer acceptable uh, for you to do whatever it is you're doing. A boundary illustrates a clear message. Here's the boundary. Here's what a boundary means. A boundary, that boundary says clearly that this is a point where some things are no longer 
acceptable. Huh. It is not okay to cross this line. And one reason so many of our marriages are hurting is that we do not have and we do not honor boundaries. We must have and we must honor boundaries. We need boundaries in marriage. We, we need to define and we need to acknowledge that this is, uh, this is, a point where you end and I begin. And that's not to conflict with Scripture. I know that in Genesis, uh, uh, God put Adam to sleep, took a rib, made a woman, woke him up, presented Eve to him, and Adam pronounced, Adam declared that you are bone of my bone and you are flesh of my flesh. And the two became one. The two became one. But even though the two became one, they were still individuals. They were still individuals. And more so now than ever before, more so than even in the Garden of Eden, husbands need to respect where they end and their wives begin. And vice versa, the converse is true. Wives need to respect where their husbands end and they begin where they end and where their husbands begin. We need those boundaries. We need to acknowledge, we need to establish these points, these factors. We need to establish these lines in our marriages that clearly illustrate we are different. We are different. And let me tell you something, when you're married, uh, man, you're barking up the wrong tree and you, you, you're fighting a losing battle. Uh, you're fighting a futile, you, you, you're engaging in a futile effort when you're trying to make both of you think just alike, both of you feel just alike, both of you talk just alike, both of you act just alike, both of you respond to every cue just alike. That never works in marriage. You have to establish boundaries. You have to have that line that says, this is me, this is you, we're not the same. All right? So hear me out here. We need boundaries in marriage. And, and the boundaries are so important. Let me, let me tell you what happens when we cross boundaries. Crossing boundaries is a totally selfish behavior. It's just selfish, period. When we cross boundaries, it's all about feeling good. It's all about making us feel good about something that's hurt us, something that's offended us, something that we've imagined is wrong, whatever the case may be. We cross boundaries out of pure selfishness. And it's selfish because 99.99% of the time, we know we exceeded our boundaries. We know we crossed the line. Nobody has to tell us. 99.99% of the time, we know it. And the longer you've been married, the more identifiable your boundaries ought to be. 
I just know some things. After being married to my wife just a couple of months short of 38 years, I know some things that offend her. I know some things that are, are, are dear to her, near to her, uh, precious to her, that, that, that she holds dear. I just know some things. And for me to cross over into those things that I know offend her, it's just selfish. That's all it is. So actions, any actions that you commit, any conduct you engage in that crosses boundaries, let me tell you something. It's rooted in fear. It's rooted in frustration. It's rooted in anger. That's where it is. It's rooted in those fear, frustration, and anger. Whatever the case may be. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of anger. And so we cross the boundaries. We cross the boundaries because we, we, we need to be heard. You're not hearing me. So I'm going to do something, cross a boundary, because when I stayed inside the boundaries, you didn't hear me. And the only way I'm going to be heard is if I cross a boundary. So we intentionally cross boundaries. Because we want to be heard. We're trying to get our point across. We feel like we have to, to do we feel like we have no other option. So we cross boundaries. Sometimes we intentionally cross boundaries because we want our spouse to hurt. We want our spouse to hurt. They hurt us. They didn't hear us. They ignored us. They disregarded us. They did not recognize us. They looked over us. They looked past us. And it's been going on for such a long time now. I tell you what, I'm going to get them back. And that's when we decide to cross a boundary. My spouse hurt me, so I'm going to hurt them back. And I know how to hurt them back. That's crossing the boundary. And we see it all the time. We see it all the time. And I'm telling you, crossing boundaries, crossing boundaries is rooted in fear frustration and anger. Everybody say that with me. Fear, frustration, and anger. You know, the other night I was watching the Lakers and the Suns play in the NBA playoffs. Uh, the Lakers were about to win it. Uh, looked like winning was a sure thing. And in a moment of anger and frustration, Devin Booker intentionally shoved uh, uh, the Laker guard Schroeder, uh, excuse me for pronouncing his name wrong, but Devin Booker intentionally shoved him, pushed him as he went up for a layup. And that was totally selfish. That was totally selfish because he risked hurting that young man. He risked that young man's career. He could have come down wrong on his leg, tore an ACL, broke his leg, twisted his ankle. Any number of things could have happened because Devin Booker pushed him out of a total act of selfishness. But Devin Booker, Devin Booker, he was angry at losing. He was frustrated because they couldn't play better. And he feared losing. So he crossed the boundary. And not only did it risk that young player's life, but it also cost his team points. When you cross boundaries, you risk harm to others and to yourself. I remember, some of you might remember several years ago, a lot of years ago, Mike Tyson was fighting Evander Holyfield. 
And you know what happened when the fight began to slip away from Mike Tyson. Tyson bit off part of Evander Holyfield's ear. He feared losing the fight. He was frustrated because he couldn't get to Evander Holyfield. And he was angry. And some years later, Tyson even admitted it. He was afraid. So let me tell you something. Fear and anger and frustration, all of these negative emotions, if you cannot control them, you leave yourself unprotected, you leave yourself unguarded, and it's going to cost you. Not only is it going to cost you, but it's going to cost people you care about. It's going to cost organizations that you care about. It's going to cost when you cross a boundary. You know, we can feel so threatened until we choose to go outside the boundary. I told you 99.99% of the time, we know the boundary that we're getting ready to cross. And we're crossing it intentionally because we need to be heard. We need to be seen. We need to be felt. We need to be recognized. And all of those feelings of need is just our imagination also. So what we see in boundaries is that boundaries are in place to add stability and civility and order and sanity to relationships. Boundaries are in place to maintain the integrity of the relationship. Yes, even in athletics, there is a relationship. Two ball teams playing, that's a relationship. Two fighters in the ring boxing, that's a relationship. And they have to establish those boundaries so that everyone will know how far they can go before the competition just breaks down, becomes unmanageable, and irreparable harm is done. And likewise, we need boundaries in our marriages so that we can know how far we can go before crossing the line and doing irreparable harm. And I'm telling you, real love is going to honor boundaries. Real love is going to honor boundaries. Boundaries are the best way to make sure everybody conducts themselves in a manner that recognizes the rights and the welfare of others. We need boundaries. And nowhere, nowhere is the philosophy of boundaries more important than in marriage. In your marriage, there just ought to be some things and there ought to be some ways, there ought to be some behaviors that are out of bounds. These are just out of bounds. These behaviors, these ways, these talks, uh, uh, this manner of speech, these things are just out of bounds. And never forget, never forget that you are always penalized for going out of bounds. You're always penalized for going out of bounds. If you dribble the ball out of bounds, you have to give the ball to the other team. If you catch a football pass out of bounds, that catch does not count, and you lose a down. You are always penalized for going out of bounds. I want you to keep that in mind. We need boundaries. We need boundaries. And when we go outside the boundaries, we're simply engaging in, 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 in all kinds of foolishness. 
Going outside of boundaries in essence mean that we're not secure in love. We are not secure in love. You can't be secure in love when you intentionally hurt the one you're married to. You can't trust that they love you when you intentionally hurt them. Something's wrong with that picture. I love you so much I'm going to intentionally hurt you. No. The truth of the matter is, I'm not so sure that you love me right now. So I'm going to intentionally hurt you. We engage in the foolishness and the selfishness of going outside of boundaries when we are not secure in love. Listen, I want to give you a few boundaries that make good sense. This is not an all-inclusive list of boundaries, but I want to talk about some boundaries real quick that just make good sense. They just make good sense. And uh, you can take these, you can list these, you can think about them. I encourage you to discuss them with your husband or discuss them with your wife. Come up with your own list of boundaries. This is what we will and will not do. These are the lines that define who we are as individuals. These are the lines that declare we are different. These are the lines that we draw in the sand that says this is where I end and this is where you begin. I'm encouraging you strongly to have that discussion with your husband or with your wife. But right now, I want to give you just a few boundaries that make a whole lot of sense. Again, this is not an all-inclusive list. I just want to give you some tools. Number one, don't ignore your spouse. Ignoring your spouse, that must be a boundary. It's never okay to ignore your spouse. If you expect your spouse to meet your needs, if you expect your spouse to be sensitive to and alert to your needs, then by golly, you had better be sensitive to and alert to your spouse's needs. When your spouse is crying out, when your spouse is acting or behaving or trying to get you to help, when your spouse is moving and trying to communicate the need for help, trying to communicate needs to you, don't ignore your spouse. That must be a boundary. Ignoring your spouse must be a boundary. Your spouse must always be worthy of your time, worthy of your attention. Your spouse should never become irrelevant to you. Your husband, your wife, they're worthy of your time and they're worthy of your attention. If you ignore your spouse, you're crossing a boundary. You're crossing a boundary. Second boundary you need to be careful of is withholding sex. That's crossing a boundary. Again, the scriptures tell us that in 1 Corinthians, the seventh chapter, there's only one to twice, one or two times when we ought to withhold sex from one another. And that is when we're praying and fasting. When we're praying and fasting. Now, if you're just too sick to have sex, and I understand you can be so dead tired that you're unable you're unable to. But otherwise, withholding sex is crossing a boundary. And so often, husbands and wives withhold sex from each other, trying to send a message, trying to say, you hurt me, trying to say, I'm hurt. And the way I'm going to hurt you back is withhold sex from you. That's crossing a boundary. That is unacceptable behavior. And you know, you know good and well when you're withholding sex. You can't do that accidentally. 
Oh, that slipped. I withheld sex from you. No, that's not going to happen. I told you 99.99% of the time, we are aware of the boundaries that we are crossing. And withholding sex is truly a boundary that you're aware of when you cross it. If you ever say to yourself, I'm going to withhold sex until he hears me. I'm going to withhold sex from him until he listens to me. I'm going to withhold sex from her until she does what I want her to do. Those types of thought processes, those types of that type of behavior is just totally selfish. It's rooted in fear, anger, and frustration. Hear me out here. So ignoring your spouse, withholding sex, those are out of bounds. Those are boundaries. Another one, you, physically hurting one another. Physically hurting one another. That's way out of bounds. Way out of bounds. You don't physically hurt your spouse. You know, I think it's really a pathetic excuse for a man who decides that he can be physically abusive to a woman. That's pretty pathetic. It's crossing a boundary to inflict physical harm on each other. Now, I've said this before, and I'll say it again also. Now, men aren't the only ones who are physically abusive. We have some physically abusive women also. But it is definitely crossing a line to put your hands on each other in, in anger. To use an object to inflict harm on each other, to inflict pain on each other in anger. To render hurt to one another physically, no matter what your reasoning is. It is crossing the line. You have crossed the line big time to physically hurt each other. That is crossing the boundary. I hope this is making sense to you. Another boundary Speaking negatively about your spouse to others. Speaking negatively about your spouse to others. You know what we don't get? We don't get it that what we do to our spouses, we're actually doing to ourselves. Likewise, what we say to our spouses, we're actually saying to ourselves. You cross the line big time. When you talk negatively about your spouse to others, including your family, you don't get with mama and them and talk about your husband. Husbands, you don't get on the job with the other guys and talk about your wife. You don't run your spouse down to others. You don't talk negative about your spouse to other people. And you might as well throw in there another angle on that also is you don't mock or make fun of. You don't make fun of your spouse in front of other people. Never humiliate or embarrass your spouse in front of other people. Never expose your spouse's deficiencies or wrongs or shortcomings. You don't celebrate your spouse's shortcomings in front of others. You don't do it. You don't do that. That is crossing the line big time. Big time. Don't talk negatively about your spouse to others. 
and and women, I, I want you to. I'm going to say this to you especially. Be careful. Be careful to make sure that you take care of your husband's ego in public. Because men are all about the ego. The man's highest need is respect. The man needs respect more than almost any other thing. So please be careful to take care of your husband's ego, especially in public. And you know when you're not. You know when you're not. And husbands, make sure that you are careful how you talk to your wives. Because the words that you speak are like seeds sown in the ground. And I've said it before, I'll say it again right now. Seeds sown must bear fruit. Whenever you sow a seed, it's going to come up and bear fruit. It's going to become something. And when you sow negative seeds, you're going to reap negative behavior. You're going to reap negative fruit. You're going to reap a negative response. It's just nature. So it's crossing a line when you talk negative to one another. And it's crossing a line when you allow other people to talk negative about your spouse. That is crossing a line. All right? Uh, you definitely cross the line when you're keeping secrets. I got to hurry up here because I'm about out of time. You're crossing a line when you keep secrets. Don't keep secrets. Don't keep secrets. It's better and it's easier not to get anything than to get anything and have to get out of it. Don't keep secrets. Never keep, don't sneak around and do things. Don't sneak and spend money. Don't sneak and see people. Don't keep secrets. And the last, the last boundary I want to give you is never be verbally abusive to each other. Like I just said, Words are like seeds, and seeds sown must, be, must bear fruit. Don't be verbally abusive to each other. Don't call each other names. Negative names, mean names, don't do it. Hey, listen, I'm all out of time, and I've got to get out of here. But thank you for joining us on Family and Marriage Clinic today. Uh, uh, listen, email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Let me know if we said anything to you. I've got to get out of here. I'm going over time right now, but I appreciate you joining us. And until next time, remember, you can't have peace until you surrender your life to the Prince of Peace. God bless you. We're out.